If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome to Cavs the Podcast. I'm Nate Smith, and I am here with Chris Francis. And it has been a minute. Uh, been about two months since we've had a podcast. Before um, the draft. I, yeah, and I have to apologize. I got super sick. I got the vid. And uh, oh, no. I, pretty, I pretty much couldn't talk for about five weeks without wheezing horribly. Oh, so, man. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to be I, – I think I'm fully recovered now, so – um, I'm good. I'm glad to be back in the saddle here for Cavs the podcast. Only a two man, not only. Why do I say only? A a two man <laughs> booth uh, tonight just to concentrate the power of uh, Cavs the blog tonight or Cavs the podcast. Um, and thank you for holding down the the fort on the uh, on the uh, blog with uh, with with some timely. Uh, post just to keep the content train rolling i know it's been it's been a minute there too but um that's so funny you bring that up because i was just thinking about like you know I, I was just thinking about how i know you were on the treadmill you know for years and i'm just like <laughs> holy crap how the hell did you get through years of being <laughs> on the on the grind and well, you know like, I, I'll like tell the you what, hard like, the hardest core of hardest core you know what i mean i have so much respect for you i tell you what we, we, we got in, pretty you know? lax in the summer so that's <laughs> well i mean that that it has there has to be an off season yeah, you know, there has does. to be an there there has to be an off you, season. You need time to renew. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then uh, we will rise. I won't say like the Phoenix because I don't think the Phoenix is rising anywhere this year. But um, Ooh, get there, but <laughs> we will rise like the like the uh, the the Cavaliers uh, and 
and not like the Blazers broadcast team. And uh, ooh. <laughs> man, this is the longest off season ever. I feel like, like I, I think mean, it's because the last couple were compressed because of the COVID seasons and the no, that's year. a that's a great point. Like this is the first regular off season in you know, years, in, like since two thousand or twenty twenty. I mean. <laughs> Right, right. So it's been years. Yeah. It's been Yeah, it's been it's been years? about 3 yeah. years. Yeah. Wow. It's it's been super weird and uh, yeah, a lot absolutely. of news today. I don't that that little bit about the Blazers broadcast team, they are not sending their TV and radio crews on the Wait, road. Wait, so what year. happened? What happened? Like I have totally clueless. I I They cheaped I, out. The owner cheaped out. They are not sending the TV and radio crews on the road this year. So they will only have the one in the studio, right? Yeah, they have the one main uh, camera angle, and that's it. So, and I don't know if you've ever. I mean, we had to endure some of that through COVID, obviously for obvious reasons. But yeah, right. Like, remember when NBA uh, TV used to do those? uh, They wouldn't use the local team broadcast; they'd use the guys in the studio. It was just awful. Like there was just oh, no really? flow. Oh, really? They did? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Was, I mean, come on. There was no That's flow, like really no feel idea. for the moment. Like, yeah, basically, you only got what was on the TV. So if there's something else going on, the the well, you know, commenters ir- are totally clueless. What's ironic about that? Well, I don't. I guess it's not that ironic because. But I was just gonna say, like ESPN used to have like a coaches room where like they'd have a whole bunch of coaches commentating on the football game. And yeah. it actually made for compelling TV because, like, they could explain well, I think what's happening. Can work because because right, there's just so much dead time. Yeah, exactly. But right. basketball, it's like if it's you're action, not in yeah. the flow, and yep. a lot of stuff in basketball happens off camera. Right, right, right. You know, with with somebody's trailing the play, they get in a fight, or the coach is yelling something at the ref or something like that like a lot of the notable things are are things that happen off camera so oh yeah yeah i mean i I just yeah the action's too way too fast probably to respond in the same way so yeah exactly yeah i hear you so that's a weird one yeah no i was gonna uh talking about how long the off season was i think it also ground to a halt because of kevin durant oh yeah i was just and and donovan mitchell Yeah, he's so, the linchpins of Durant, Mitchell, and Irving, uh, that law yeah. firm that no one wants to represent <laughs> them. Oh <laughs> uh, man, I mean, so I mean, like, do you think? Do you think any moves are going to happen? I mean, like, or do you think well, it's just this is what I, it was? That's all there is. So I kind of go with the the Patrick Fenelon theory of. The Nets were never really serious about making a trade. They basically wanted to say they did their due diligence and then say, hey, we tried, you know, uh, let's try to make so this you think they you, you think they're going to try and play hardball eventually with uh, Kevin? Durant. I think they're kind of doing their due diligence, but their price is so high that nobody can really meet it. So they're just... Uh, they're kind of going through the motion. What did you think about the Boston package or the Philly package? Do you well, do you so, think Boston so or Boston, Philly? Do you think Boston or Philly has a has a uh, trade package that can that can make it happen? Well, I don't even understand Philly. I don't think Philly does because I don't think I think Maxi is a nice player. 
I don't think he's a star. I think he's probably a high-level starter, uh, ultimately, and maybe, you know, borderline. Maybe he sniffs one all-star game as an injury replacement, but that's kind of his ceiling, I think. Uh, I think he could be a player on a championship team, but I don't think he's the kind of guy that is going to move the needle in the Durant trade. Um, and the rest of the guys they got are like Tobias Harris and a bunch of. I mean, they have you know, to. They'll have to manufacture picks. I mean, that's right. that's really what it's going to be, right? Right. Well, the other side of that is, I gotta think that the Nets are a little annoyed. Feel like they got played in the Durant trade to or in the Harden trade to begin with. So oh, yeah, I mean, like that was. So maybe I mean, they are like, <laughs> yeah, we don't want to deal with them. And the Boston deal, like I heard that they wanted Tatum and Brown. I think Brown might be the centerpiece of a decent trade. But if I'm the Nets, I don't really want to go back to the team we had. I think I want to try and make it work with KD. Now, have you heard the rumor that he wanted uh, Steve Nash and the GM? I can't remember his name. Uh, oh right, right. Uh, uh, Sean Marks is it? Sean, Sean Marks, Marks or yep. I don't. I, I don't know if it's yeah. Uh, I think him it's or his Sean brother. Marks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. No, I did hear that, and I mean, it's it's just funny because like I like to me it sounded it sounds irrelevant, right? You know, what I mean, like it, it's just I don't know. I mean, like it just seemed like they'll. Do you think they'll do? I don't think they'll do it. And then that only then it goes back to Kevin Durant, like basically trying to force his way out. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, I, I, well, so. I, I honestly think uh, Steve Nash is not a great fit there. But the other side of it is that was also his handpicked dude from the summer before. Right. Like, I think you could say, hey, make it work with Kevin, but we'll fire the GM. Although I don't really think any of this is the GM's fault. Other than not standing up to Kyrie more. But yeah, yeah I heard I the mean, funny one today was basically the Nets were willing to offer Kyrie an extension, but they wanted a games played clause. Yeah. And right. Kyrie balked and see then, what's fun what's funny is I guess that Kevin I, got pissed, but who knows? Yeah, well and that's that's the thing. I was that was my angle was that my angle was that Kevin was doing all this. Basically, it was his only leverage to get his boy paid. Essentially, like it was the only leverage that they had that he he and Kyrie had to make sure that they both got paid. And and since it didn't happen, now like Durant's like stuck trying to either pretend or he actually does just want to get out. You know what I mean? He's tired of dealing with Kyrie. He he just wants to go. You know, although supposedly uh you know supposedly he still would play with him but i mean to me well, i like, heard the other thing was he secretly didn't want to be with Kyrie, and it was just an excuse so who knows yeah no i mean like to me if i okay so if i'm kevin durant i don't understand how you're not mad as hell at Kyrie. you know what i mean like I, wow. I don't understand like how you just like as a man would be like man you know this dude's you know i'm sorry yeah yeah i mean just like you're not about that you know you're not about your business at all (laughs) not even you know so i just don't get how kevin durant's like kevin durant's his own special dude i don't get kevin durant most of the time but 
the funny thing about it is, is like, how long is this window? Like, I. Well, no, that that's a great is it question. Two or because, three years left, or well, that's a great question because I don't know if you caught uh, the comment on the comment thread with our uh, commentary at Jason, but like basically he did a great breakdown of like the ages of MB Finals MVPs and like the oldest age a, a player was, and essentially the window's already closed for him, I and mean, you know probability wise yeah. of being a Finals MVP guy. Yeah, he's you not know what Jordan. I mean, like. So, yeah, I mean, Jordan was the oldest by far, like, or it, I think it was Jordan and LeBron, you know, yeah. I think were probably the two highest. Like, I just remember, like, basically it was Kareem, like the age, the cutoff was like age 35. And yeah. I don't know what age Katie is, but I think he's going I into think he's his age almost 35. 35. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's 34. Oh, no, he's 33. So, I mean, okay, so you're right. I mean, like, basically he's looking at a two-year, yeah, one or two-year window where he's a MVP-level guy. And maybe before. that's why he wants to go somewhere else, but... No, exactly. And so I've kind of come around. That's, you know, that's kind of full circle how I came around. Like, first I thought it was just a ploy, but now I'm starting to believe he wants to get out. Like, the, I don't know if you saw the video of him working out with Jason Tatum, did you? No. Oh, yeah. Like, there's like, you know, he's literally, you know, just a few days ago did a photo op with Jason Tatum uh, <laughs> in a gym. So, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I like, I don't know if those guys could play together, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, I think they can. I mean, I, th- I don't see a problem with it. I think more than anything, it's just based on kind of what you alluded to before, Katie. It's his health. You know, he's 33 going on 34 yeah. and has had major injuries like uh, mm-hmm. the Achilles. Achilles. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, yeah. to me, it's like that's the only concern is can you load manage him and get him in top shape in the playoffs? And And that's the problem is that, you know, the East is going to be a meat grinder. Are they going to be able to get a top four seed by just playing Tatum most of the nights, you know, or you're playing, you know, basically overextending Tatum because he's younger uh, to give If KD, they were you know, to trade for KD, you mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that exactly. team's pretty deep, though. Well, no, I mean, I think, you're right. You're I absolutely deep I, at the I agree. Wing, yeah. But shallow at the big and uh, point guard spots. Right. They, they're weird. They're a weirdly put together team. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, like I totally agree. Robert yeah. Griffin being hurt in the playoffs was brutal for them. Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, he's, it's so funny. Like, uh, you know, it's so funny, like how there was this narrative about like rim running bigs not being valuable, but like look at guys like Jared Allen and Rob Williams and like look at how much of the success of the teams is based on what they can do on a court. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, uh, well, those I mean, like, like you are said, really yeah. unique. Yeah, no, you're right. Cause I think, I think the uniqueness about them is their athleticism. Like, well, they just, and their ability to guard on the perimeter and yep, not yep. get roasted. I mean, you see a guy like Capella, you have to always play drop coverage with Capella and right. He's just going to get roasted. Yeah. You know? No, I mean, it's, it, it, it helps being 23, doesn't it? It does, and <laughs> I think you're gonna see more of these super mobile um, rim running bigs. You got like Jackson Hayes down in. Uh, no, you're right. Yeah, in New Orleans. Well, and they and did, their and they even did Twin Towers. They yeah, they did. 
<laughs> yeah, it'll be really interesting Jonix, to see uh, what yeah, they exactly. go back to next year when uh, um, Zion's back. Oh, yeah. Right, right. Well, and, and they can actually probably move Zion down. I mean, he Zion wants to be a perimeter player anyway. And, well, and I was just going to say, Minnesota's doing Twin Towers now. Yeah. So it's so it funny. Yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. So uh, it's it's really uh, – um, yeah, I can't wait to see those two teams. I don't know about you. Yeah, it's going to be weird. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> yeah, I, there's a lot of great headlines. So, I, But the other thing is, is like you said, that KD is kind of the linchpin holding a bunch of other deals up. Yeah. I mean, I made – I kind of went back and forth with uh, – Somebody on Twitter last month basically saying, well, the reason that Windler and or Chetty haven't been moved to uh, bring their Cavs roster down to 15 spots is nobody wants to basically, well, the Cavs don't want to give up a first round pick to make someone take them. Right. And secondly, there's not that many open roster spots in the NBA right now. Mm -hmm. And third, not a lot of teams with cap space. And actually the biggest reason um, is that people don't want to waste – if they do have open roster spots, they don't want to waste them when there could be derivatives from the Durant right. shakeout and all the moves that haven't happened yet. Yeah, that's what I was they just going to say. They don't want to pay yeah. that opportunity cost. You know? Yeah, I was just going to say what you're saying totally applies to Sexton too and why he's not yeah. signed. You know what uh, I mean? Because he, be, he could yeah. be used in as salary ballast in a, in in – trades and stuff like that or yeah. you know what i mean or, or possibly picks i don't know but yeah I and i, I salary based wrote but, a somewhat long twitter rant about um the other old guy that uh is a free agent or was a free agent or had a lot of rumors surrounding him anyway uh we'll get to that when we come back <laughs> in just a minute Welcome back to Cavs, a podcast. I'm Nate Smith here with Chris Francis. And the guy that I wanted to talk about that a lot of rumors were swirling and supposedly mm. were put to bed yesterday was LeBron mm. James. Aww. And I thought he signed a two year uh, extension with L.A. Uh, the second year of that is an option, which basically puts him under contract. Through next season, or through 22-23 and 23-24 for sure. And I, I thought it so was next interesting. season. next season is locked up, you're saying? Next season locked up. But I actually think it's easier to trade for LeBron next season than it is to if he hadn't been under contract. Because now that he's going to be under contract next summer, you don't have to do a sign-in trade, which would hard cap... Uh, either team, if they were over the salary cap or over the tax threshold, is it salary cap or tax threshold? I can't remember. But anyway, yeah. if you do a sign in trade and you're over one of those, you get hard capped and it, it's hard to work around that. Well, if he's already under contract, you don't have that uh, that uh, stipulation. That was one of the things I said. Well, maybe you do want Nate. Hell yeah. yeah. Maybe you do <laughs> want to sign Sexton for a little bit more to kind of balance out those salaries if that's something you want to do next year. Ooh, wow. Wow. Oh, my goodness. I don't know. The, the, I, the, the wheels I got, are turning I, here. I, I feel like I got an article. No, I feel like you're onto something. It. Yeah, I feel like you're onto something here. You know what I mean? Like, so, you know, it was interesting. Did you see the tweet? Of, uh, did you see the tweet that Chris Fedor sent out about LeBron? No. 
Oh, it, it said like something like a dream delayed or something like that. It was <laughs> it was basically teasing like, oh, you know, it, to me, it, it, it implied what you're saying, honestly, is like this doesn't you know, the, the contract doesn't mean that he's not gone, you know, by the end of the season. Yeah, well, the which other was thing, supposed to happen anyway. Yeah, well, yeah, the other ahead. thing that could happen is that now that he has an option for that second year, he can kind of hold the Lakers hostage and say, oh, I'm yeah. only opting in if you trade me. Right. You know, or, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, it gives him, it gives both the team and LeBron some optionality, which, you know, everybody in the NBA wants optionality. And so the other goofy thing about it is, though, um, there could totally be a work stoppage next summer because the players and the owners both have the option to opt out uh, of the oh, and CBA it's totally heading before that the way. new before oh, it's going the there. end of this season. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, obviously, all the talk about how stars are demanding trades yeah. and not playing. You know, the Ben Simmons yeah, signing fiasco. a four-year extension and then asking for a trade. I mean. That's a that's pretty ridiculous on the on the Kevin Durant front, but yeah, it's well the Ben Simmons thing, you know, yeah. he he basically signed the max contract and you know just basically quit on the team. Yeah, you know, sign I mean, and they, retire. Yeah, it was a totally you know, and uh, so it sounds like the you know the knives are out. Like it was funny <laughs> because like. All the reporting before that was just like, you know, Michelle, is it Michelle Roberts? I don't know if it's Michelle Roberts still yeah, the head um, of the no, PA, she, NBIPA. Uh, I, she is not lead counsel anymore, I don't think. Oh, uh, okay. I'm not, you know, well, you know, when she was there, it was interesting. Like, they acted like there was, it was a foregone conclusion that, oh, you there? Yep. Okay. Uh, it, they were acting like a, it was a foregone conclusion that, like, uh, they'd be able to extend the CBA. But now, you know, like you mentioned, everybody knows the dates now because they think it's over. You know what I mean? They think, you know, some hardcore negotiations are about to happen. And like you said, a work stops. I think it's, it has to be, what do you, what, like, do you think it's likely? Or how, li- like, what percentage thing. do you put on a work stoppage? I don't put a huge percentage on it. I would say 30%. I think both. So one of the things That's is... That's kind of high. Well, the union leadership for the Players Association is all older. So they really don't want to, you know, risk their window, in my opinion. Um, the other thing that's going on is both sides may opt in. Because the TV deal doesn't it expire till twenty five twenty six, and it may be too early to tell what that looks like, and so both both sides may want to be like, eh, let's wait it out another year, you know, um, yeah. or two. So I don't know. I it, it's certainly going to be thirty percent. Yeah, I think next yeah. summer there's so much up in the air in the NBA. Um. Wow. Yeah. Well, and the other question is, is how long, you know, going back to the the previous discussion, how long can LeBron play at a high level? I mean, he's he's basically (laughs) I I commented there's three guys that have played at this level at this age. Um, Jordan, 
LeBron and Kareem and Jordan yeah. retired for two years, came back at 39 yeah. and averaged 20 a game for the Wizards. So, yeah. I mean, my thought is that LeBron is probably going to try and play till he's 41 so he can play with both his sons, uh, Bryce. The, uh, I think 25-26 would be when Bryce uh, would be his rookie year, theoretically. Um, and if that new TV money is kicking in the year, you think LeBron's passing that up? Mm. Mm. Wow, you got you got it all. You, I, I got it all figured you out. Got it, yeah, that's what I, that's what I'm hearing. So is he doing it in Cleveland? The COVID is fog he, is, is he lifted. Do, is he is he doing this in Cleveland? Is the question? Do you? Yeah, think he's I don't do, know. I I do think you, it's wherever. I think he wants to play with both his sons. Is right. So you're just saying, yeah. You it, it's totally if dependent if upon where they, make they go. It. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think he wants to play with Bronny and he wants to play with Bryce. So, I mean, that'd be a hell of a story. No, I, when's the last time you saw that? It was like Ken Giff, Griffey Jr. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. It was in, it was in a totally different Cal sport where it actually Jr. Yeah. senior. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I don't think I've, it's have we ever seen in the NBA. We, we've seen a lot of kids of players play right. in the NBA, right. but we but haven't seen them play together. Right. Exactly, because I mean, I just think you know it's so hard to be. I mean, so hard to well, sustain success so after your third. Yeah, exactly. Baseball, so, you can have a little more longevity, but I think so. Yeah, I, I agree. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it'll be absolutely wild. That, I mean, like you're like you said, the dollar signs. Oh my god, the marketing opportunities. Oh, uh, yeah. of, of having you know, especially with the machine they already have and everything. So, yeah. Yeah, but I think the other part of it is his family's in L.A. His kid's a senior this year. Uh, Bronny's a senior this year. His mm. family's in L.A. His wife, by all the reports, wants to stay in L.A. The guy Who literally does? has nothing to prove on a basketball court right. other than the one thing I think probably. I think means, he wants records now. Well, I think he wants Wilts or not Wilts. Uh, Kareem's all time scoring record. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is the one he's probably gunning for and, and oh, may never be broken after he gets it. Yeah. That's that's insane. That's yeah. truly insane. I mean, like, I mean, it's so crazy. Like, it's only been the past few years that he's even had injuries, you know? Yeah. And it's fine, you know, finally, you know, and but it, I don't think it's his capabilities that are diminishing. It's just simply he can't recover as well. You know, no. like his, his stamina is lower and he just can't recover as well, you know. Uh, well, and, and I don't think he grind. can be that guy on both sides of the floor. Right. For right. 35 minutes a night. I think he's definitely got to pick his spots more. He needs his teammates to cover for him. And that's part of the reason that that L.A. situation is such a mess because they don't have the depth to do that. Exactly. That's the whole thing. I, I They got worse. This yeah. year, they got worse. Yeah. They lost. It's so funny. Like losing Malik Monk is actually a big loss for them. He was their yeah. third best player last yeah. season and they lost him. They replaced him with Lonnie Walker. You know what Which, I mean? Yeah. Who was not good last year. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is like yeah. he's not the shooter that Malik Monk is for sure. Yeah. You know, at least. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, I, and they still have Westbrook, and <laughs> yeah, I, you're right. <laughs> the worst part about Westbrook is they're so far over the cap 
they would actually be better off finding a place to trade him because at least they could get some players back because if his contract drops off, they don't have a great way to get other players. I think they'll they'll actually have some exceptions and some other stuff that like that that comes back. But who knows when Westbrook's contract drops off how they're going to be able to operate. So Uh it's going to be weird. No, no, no. The same thing always happens is that they're an incredibly incompetent franchise, uh, uh, incredibly incompetent franchise that falls into generational talent just because they want to live (laughs) in L.A. Yeah. Well, yeah, it it, it certainly (laughs) may you live in interesting times. (laughs) Um, Yeah. What other stories are percolating around? I know we've seen a lot of video of guys in playing against scrubs or playing in pro-ams and stuff like that. Oh, man. Kind of dominating. Um, I know the one that excited me yesterday was Katie's. Not KD's. Uh, Evan Mobley's jump shot being compared to KD's, and mm. it looked pretty smooth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, I, like yeah, you sorry, know, the, the thing. No, what I was just going to say was that you know the thing for me last season is that it, with respect to Evan Mobley shooting, is I think he just lost confidence and lost his legs. You know, he oh, got yeah, dead legs. Sure. I think so the legs I, was a big thing, and not just yeah. the legs, but when you're as skinny as he is. Um, it's hard to keep the weight on and it's hard to keep the muscle on. I think mm-hmm. he really needs a nutritionist and a weight program in season. Right. Right. Uh, because no, I mean, you could see him get thinner as the season went on. Yeah. I just, you know, I think he, cause he looked amazing for the first couple months. And then, you know, as soon as the injury started piling up, as soon as he had to take on more of a burden, you know, and then the just the NBA grind, you know, it yeah. was like what wasn't it a compressed schedule last year? So a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, just uh, I think it was. No, it was a compressed off season. Yeah, okay. it was a compressed yeah. off season. OK, OK. I thought it was a compressed schedule, too, but that might have been the season before. Maybe I think it was. I mean, it's all a blur. So yeah, the I other know, thing right? that was I don't know if you've seen the video of um, Darius Garland, but he's put on some muscle. He Has looks he? like he's added at least ten pounds of muscle. Like, yeah, I, he I, looks much. He does not look skinny. I mean, he's twenty-two, right? Yeah, isn't he? I think. Yeah. Hot googling action. Yeah, twenty-two. Just yeah. turned twenty-two this last season. So, yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing. You know, what's funny is like. Uh, I think he also has a lot of motivation going into the offseason because of the flame out, you know, to the end of the season left a bad taste in guy's mouth. I would assume especially him because he's a guy I think he's he's a lot more competitive than people give him credit he for. He got some dog in him. He does. Exact <laughs> thank you, Nate. He's thank a dog. You. That's right. That's right. That's right. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, the baby face, you know, might fool you. I know what you're saying. And the smile, you know, but, you know, I think it has to eat at him. You know, it has to eat at him because he got out. The thing is, is he got out by a guy that's much like him in in Trey Young, you know, a virtuoso passer and shooter. So uh, I think that, you know, if if he got that dog in him, man. Okay. And, And let's be honest, virtuoso grifter. 
Yeah, right. Absolutely. <laughs> Foul Absolutely. hunter. No, nothing. Yeah, that which Garland never does. Thankfully. Well, I we wouldn't say he don't. never does it, but well, nobody he tasteful. Does it like it's Trey. tasteful. Yeah, he's yeah, tasteful. tasteful. With it. <laughs> he, he Trey and Harden are the worst. Oh man. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, so. and yeah, well, what what other videos? Yeah, what what, what, uh, uh, we what got other the videos? Colin Sexton uh, schooling some scrubs and putting up some weak finishes that would get swatted into next week. Um, <laughs> and I, I did, he didn't seem like he had a ton of lift to me still, but well, he's he, always been more of a vertical or a. Um, a straight line speed guy rather than a, a you know, explosive sure. at the basket guy. So, well, I don't know. I mean, if you were, I know that's, that's my concern too, because I mean, look at Darius Garland's season after meniscus surgery. Yeah. You know, he did not have any explosiveness at all. And now, you know, we didn't really see him look better till year two and then finally you know like you said you said he might have put on 10 pounds you know maybe he finally feels healthy fully healthy for the first yeah. time in a long time well so, and maybe he's got a stable enough base to put on the extra muscle exactly 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 so well and i don't know if you've been watching him on uh like uh pro-ams and stuff but he's been throwing down dunks <laughs> I don't remember Garland hardly dunking at all in his first three seasons for the Cavs. Like he may have had one or two soft slams, but he's legit throwing down oops in pickup games. So hey, man, what? Oh man, what do you think? You know what? What? What's what's the ceiling for next season for? Oh, Garland? I think the what, ceiling what what, is definitely all star. Um, definitely. Well, he, yeah, he already did that. Yeah, playoffs. Um, I think it's really hard to – I don't know. I think it's really hard to make All-NBA as a guard. Uh, yeah. It's just the competition is so high. And mm -hmm. plus, you, you're competing with guys at two spots, point guard and shooting guard. So mm -hmm. I, it, it's going to be difficult. But I think I think third team NBA, All-NBA is, is the outside shot mm -hmm. if, they, if they're really good. I love it. I love it. I, I, I think you're more even, likely to I think he see. deserved it last year. <laughs> well, yeah, it's hard to say. I think third team NBA and then a uh, an all-star appearance. Is, well, is, in playoffs, right? Yeah. You, oh, I want to see too. the second round, but I'll, oh, I'll settle for at least six games in the first. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. man. I'm getting excited. I'm getting, I'm getting excited. excited, too. So, getting and with excited. that, we'll be right back. <laughs> So other Cavs offseason news, there's been uh, some rumblings uh, on, on the Twitters and that uh, Isaac Okoro is starting to look really good in workouts. And Ooh. hey, third year is kind of the charm for some of these Cavs guys. Um, I'm excited for Isaac Okoro. I'd love him to just come out in training camp and say and put uh, the the decision to rest on who's the starting two guard and just be like, Nope, that's mine. <laughs> and I'm wow. going to clamp down on defense. I'm going to hit open threes and I'm going to slash to the basket. Like, wow. Give me Jimmy Butler light there. That's what I want. Wow. Wow. Nate's fine. I, I mean, he's only 21. He's 21. He's only 21. Yeah. 
He's 21, and he's a and he's a and you this know, is his first an, real He's a gift from God. Yeah, right. No, exactly. No, the you know, and that's you know what's interesting is like he put up decent numbers shooting. I, the whole thing is is the whole thing is can they get the ball in his hands more? Can he be more effective with the ball in his hands? Because yeah. that's you know sticking him in the corner. I, I think it's just confidence more than anything. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. No, I I totally agree. It's it's just you know he he lost it because of the stakes uh, in the play uh, play in scenario. You know, it's the first he was twenty one years old. You know, yeah. guys are first time experience in any type of pressure situation. A twenty one year old is going to struggle in that situation. Just yeah. in the it's the NBA. You know what I mean? Like these are all professionals here, and they yeah. take advantage of young guys. Well, and like I just that, don't. You know? I think. Even especially on offense, it's confidence for him. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No. I mean, I, what I want to see, you know. So, what I'm what I'm hearing from you is that is there the dribble drive game coming along? Is I, I the pick think, and roll game coming along? Is the passing? I think it's coming, coming along, along a little. I think he wants to be a better version of what we saw last year. Scoring in transition. Hitting mm-hmm. wide open threes, especially in the corner, mm-hmm. um, cutting to the basket, uh, limited dribble drive game on close. I, I think one of the things that's a big key for him is getting to be a big enough shoot, a good enough shooter that he can attack closeouts. Right. Because if he right. can get to that point, that opens up his game. That totally opens up his game because yeah. he's probably not a guy you're going to have run your offense. But he can make things happen on a dribble closeout. Yeah. You know, or on no, a closeout. I mean, on a yeah. dribble drive. You know what I want to see from him? I want to see some rebounding from him. Well, that is the other thing. Yes, we all would love to see more rebounding from pretty much anybody on the Cavs not named Kevin Love or Jared <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, come on, Ice. Come on, yeah. man. We need Come to see on. more rebounding for sure. And, and you know, Ben Worth called it a couple of years. When he first came in for the Cavs, his goal was not – his assignment was not to rebound. It was to go lock down a perimeter player, which sure. when you're sure. doing that, it's it's hard to be a good rebounder. Yeah. Um, but, I yeah, just think with the threes that rebounder. are shot – yeah, with the threes that are shot today, how many, I mean, how many times did we see them not get rebounds on threes? Oh, oh yeah. Good. God. Learning how to recover to the, the, the free throw line when you're a guard and get them long rebounds. Exactly. Uh, box and then, out. And then the ball's in his hands. You know, that's the whole yeah. – that's what drives me nuts is that a rebound is a free opportunity to get your, hand, your hands on the ball and you get to control, you know – Go into control mode. You know what I mean, and, and dictate yep. what the game's doing. Yeah, and well, you know, as, yeah, especially in transition, right? It's yeah, and offensive tra- rebounds. Yeah, I mean, he, exactly. He had oh, some right. really nice offensive rebounds. No, you're right. Games. You're absolutely defensive right. rebounding is actually where he needs to pick up the most. Yes. yes. Oh, 100%. 100%. No, you're well, part of that's an awareness know. thing. Like if you're spending your entire time locking down a player, and you are literally a rookie or a second year guy, having that duology of mind to okay now that shots up i gotta box i gotta see box out seal go get the rebound mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that is a complex thought process that you know they it comes when the game speeds up for you oh absolutely no i mean that's so. the whole thing is that uh at that level 
you're probably in rotation or you probably have a guy that you're supposed to rotate to in order to box them out. And, you know, the game is so fast at that level, you know, it's just hard to keep up. Yeah. Um, So any other big news that you've been following in the NBA? Uh, Well, I've, I've been a little out of the loop. Yeah, so the newest thing is, you know, there was a rumor about a, there was a report about a Donovan Mitchell to the New York Knicks trade that did not happen. Apparently, I want to say it was R.J. Barrett, the inclusion, it was either the inclusion of R.J. Barrett or a pick or something like that, that was preventing the trade from happening. Um, But, uh, so, so the talks died. Well, apparently... Just a day or two ago, maybe even today, I can't remember when it was. It was just this week, though. Um, they've apparently re-engaged. Uh, the Knicks and the Jazz have re-engaged trade talks for Donovan Mitchell. So, um, And the thing of it is, is that I don't know what your take is, and I'd love to get it, but I think that the vi- the just the general consensus about the – trade proposal back then was that the Knicks blew it. They should have just included uh, Barrett and I I don't agree with that at all. Really? I I like Are you a closet? Are you a closet R.J. Barrett fan? Um, I think R.J. Barrett's got the potential to be a good player. Um, And I think Donovan Mitchell is a little, has gotten a little overrated. Um, he definitely seemed like a diva last year, and I have a hard time believing that he's going to be less of a diva in New York. Um, and I kind of feel like this is the classic New York move of get a bunch of good young prospects and then trade them all for a one-dimensional guy who, yay, he gets you to the first round of the playoffs. Um, you know, and that's they don't what, get to the first round of the playoffs very much, though. Well, I I <laughs> get it, but I feel like they never build, and but it's weird. But I would also be shocked if Mitchell did not end up in New York. Um, I don't think a lot of teams want to trade for him because every team knows he wants to be in New York. Um, right, and he's a CAA guy. They're a CAA team. Yeah. It's, there you go. I think the writing is on the wall there. And obviously, everybody's saying the Jazz absolutely want to tank this year. Oh, 100%. Well, yeah, he's I mean, also they are in to... the Wimbaya sweep sweepstakes right now. Am I wrong? Oh, absolutely. Them in the Spurs, for sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, no, I mean yeah, go ahead. Is there, is, speaking of which, I feel like there's a bunch of guys you could pry off the pry off the jazz right now. I mean, I would love to maybe see a uh, Jordan Clarkson trade. Go uh, if, if you figure out that Isaac Okoro is your starting to go trade um, Karis Levert for uh, for Jordan Clarkson or or a uh, Bojan Bogdanovich, who I think would be a fantastic addition to this team. Yeah, I don't know. I'm high on I'm high on Karis. Uh, you're high I'm, on Karis. I'm high on you're Karis. high on something. Well, of course, but <laughs> also on Karis. <laughs> yeah, I I just I've not seen. I I think it's really hard to say. Hey, he 
had the best plus minus in that playoff game against Atlanta or the play in game against Atlanta. But then look at the rest of his career when in the regular season, he's been pretty much a player that's right about the VORP level. Like he's right around zero. He hasn't been a great wins above replacement and just hasn't really positively impacted winning much. I have a hard time seeing that changing. Um, I, to me, time. I think it has to do with this role. I mean, like when what you're talking about and what, what he's been for the most of his career is he's been pigeonholed, not, not, not necessarily pigeonholed, but he's basically been elevated into like a first option, second option guy when he's more like a fifth option, fourth <laughs> option. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but he and thinks he's a first or second option guy. The way in the I don't, ball th- I don't get that hands. vibe from him at all. No, yeah. I mean, okay. no. If you look at his stats, uh, in fact, what's amazing about his stats is he his playmaking gets a lot better in the playoffs. He actually sees, you know, his assist rate goes up to like thirty or forty percent. It's insane. So okay. and so, I'm just saying that you know the real the real question about Karras is. You know, he's got the prettiest jumper in the world that doesn't go in. You know, <laughs> that's that's the problem. That's really the problem. And and can he find his shooting rhythm, you know, and and also be willing to pull the trigger and take those just stand up jump shots, you know what I mean, when they're yeah. open. So yeah. you know Well, that and be a guy that passes and cuts. Like don't yeah. be the guy that wiggles around and dribbles for fifteen, sixteen seconds. Be the guy that if something's there, great. If not, move the ball, cut, get it back. I mean, that's – I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I – uh, you know, the – There's got to be a middle ground between those those two things that he should be doing. So Yeah. No, I mean, the most intriguing part for me about him is that, uh, you know, as I wrote in – I forget which article it was, but, you know, when I was doing research for it, the – the Karis Darius, the Karis Darius Garland pairing in a few hundred minutes or whatever that they played, um, posted a one twenty one offensive rating. Nice, which is you know yeah that's that's that'll win a championship. That's yeah. a championship level offense right there. And that was without that was a lot of it was without Jared Allen. Yeah, you know because he had the. Uh, hand injury uh the hand wrist i can't remember what he broke but i think he broke a finger or something um he broke a broke the pinky yeah so um yeah i mean like you know i mean your points are fair and obviously the things that the things that he struggled in i don't think that we could expect that much more improvement but what i think can improve is i think mainly the easiest thing for him to improve is the stand the spot up shooting you know, yeah. get, get those wide open, get, take a Coro's looks. Can he make a Coro's looks is the question. Yeah. I mean, a Coro, you know, was getting the most wide open looks in the NBA last season. So if, if we could just, if we just can get one guy that could also dribble and pass along with that spot up shooting. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, and if, if Mobley can, you know, be a three point shooter, or even just a regular long two shooter that opens up the floor. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw Lori Markinen's line tonight for Finland. Mm-hmm. There we go. Points. Uh, uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, He's another uh, guy. I, you know what? I put him in the same basket or a similar basket as 
Karras, where I think year two, you know, an off season together, year two, get, you know, start with the group, you know, from the beginning of the season, you know, and find your chemistry from the jump, you know, instead of being thrown in mid season. Uh, well, it wasn't mid season in Laurie's case, but last year was his first year, you know, and yeah. also he was playing a new position. You know, he didn't play very much three uh, in, in Chicago. So I think year two, you know, I'm looking at, you know, can Karras get integrated? And then uh, Laurie, year two Laurie, you know, a confident shooting year two Laurie. I, I He's 24. Thought, He's 24 yeah, years old. That's the insane thing. Like, I thought Laurie was really good last year. Um, and I think... A lot of people remember him getting roasted in one-on-one by Trey. Right. But, you know, you can't put Laurie on an island over and over and over against Trey Young. You've got to throw different coverages at that Mm -hmm. guy. Mm -hmm. You've got to punish him on defense. And you can't just give him an appetite of, I'm going to go get this big. You know, you've got to. Yeah, yeah, go go give him his mismatch. Yeah, exactly. Lori didn't have any backline defense behind him. Mm-hmm. Like he was the center. <laughs> so so it's it's very difficult to uh to fault Lori for how that uh playing game worked. And I thought he was fantastic in the regular season. Well, he was one of the and best players. He was actually one yeah. of the best players on the court that night. I mean, he put up yeah. like twenty something and seven, you know, on yeah, well, that really, really efficient. Yeah. And he was, you know, I I think Probably the third best or fourth best Cav, um, you know, depending on where you want to rank uh, Mobley with Garland and Allen being the all-stars and then Mobley and uh, Markinen were right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, no, I, mean, I, I would say that um, Markinen was more consistent than Mobley last year. I don't know about that. No, I, I, I think can't he was. There. I can't I, go there. I, I, I think what I, I think, think he with had Laurie, a lower standard deviation, but we'll we'll have to go look that up. Yeah, I think with Laurie, the thing was is I think the things that stood out about Laurie is one, he was clutch. Yeah, like how many clutch shots did he hit last season? So that yeah. was the thing that I remember, like his, his willingness to shoot, uh, you know, in clutch situations stood out. And I think he improved as the year. I think that's what that's what I noticed is that after he had COVID, he had the ankle injury. Then he finally started finding his footing at the second half of the season. Yeah. And finally, you know, I think in, in you know all he really in, you talk about confidence with the coro. That's what I think. Laurie's just he just needs a little bit more, uh, you know, selfishness to his game. You know, in terms of going to get his shot. You know. If he just lets it fly just 10% more, you know, I think we're talking about a guy that can maybe, you know, tease like a 20, you know, he could be like teasing a 20 point per game scorer, you know, because of his three point shooting. Yeah, exactly. 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 So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. You know, absolutely. Like, I totally agree with you. Depth at the start of the season here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I think um, we're who it's the youth, who do you think right? Backup point guard for them. Well, I mean, I think it's without a doubt. It's it's without a doubt going to be Raul Neto. Really? I, See, I think I, he's going to end up being the third guy, and I think Karras is going to get a lot of backup point guard minutes. 
I could see why they would want to give backup point guard minutes to Karis. That makes sense. Like you, you actually, that's a fair point, but I just think that, um, I think Lynetto, that was a great pickup. Honestly, you know, let's, let's begin with that. I think it was a smart, it was a savvy pickup because his ability to pass the ball and shoot in the mid range, you know, like that's the thing is he's going to keep the ball moving with the back. Yeah, for sure. And he is not Brandon Goodwin. Like he, he's not, he's a guy that can run an NBA offense. Exactly. For a few weeks at a time. If he needs, exactly. To. He knows what he's yeah. doing out there. He's 30 years old. He, he came to this situation basically looking to contribute to a winning situation. He wants yeah. to be, he wants to play playoff basketball. He wants to contribute, you know, to winning in uh, a playoff setting. So I think, you know, the two things that stuck out to me about him is his passing, his mid-range shooting, honestly, his defense, too. I mean, obviously, he'll get picked on because he's tiny, but he can get he can well, create a steal. He, yeah, you know? no, he, he's, he can pick he's pocket. small, but he's not. Um, uh, who was the guy they had last year from uh, from Duke? Oh, 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 yeah, it's going to drive me nuts. I know. Oh, man. Hot Googling action. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll fill you in when we come back. There you uh, go. Perfect. One second. Perfect. <laughs> Welcome back to Cats of Podcast. The guy I was trying to think of, Kevin Mangos, Pangos, uh, the tiniest player I've seen since Chris Ford, uh, who was <laughs> consistently picked on, and then signed oh, yeah. the right, most disastrous Euro contract ever. Um. Did you hear about that? No, he no. Signed with KSKA Moscow like a week before they invaded oh, Ukraine, no. and basically all the Moscow, all the uh, Soviet Euroleague teams got banned. So wham, I don't wham. even think he got paid. So hopefully he didn't oh, waive no. his Cavalier salary. Oh no! Yeah, exactly. So. Um, yeah, Kevin Pangos, who I was thinking of. and Yeah, I mean, no, I'm glad you brought him up because that's the upgrade. You know, we, we replaced literally Kevin Pangos with Raul Neto. That's a huge upgrade. In, in, the, in the break, uh, Chris said, Neto is Pangos <laughs> if he could play. <laughs> yeah but uh, i i love you, know, you pangos i i was rooting for you man i still I was rooting for him too he he it was he tough it was tough he was tough it just he wasn't big enough no and absolutely no well and he had no confidence at all you he know? had no like confidence it, i think if he had come in earlier in his career yeah and um kind of learned how to play with the big boys i uh, might yeah. have had a shot but he yeah. was too old at that point Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, wasn't he? He signed at like at twenty nine years old, right? Like he was. Yeah, he, uh, yeah he's a. He's uh, you don't have 30. a long runway when you're yeah. twenty nine. No, no, like, not at all. They're not going to wait. Or it might develop. be very pat. No, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. So, no. I mean, I think you know that's the thing is uh, you know to talk a little more Cavs is that you know I like the signings of Raul Neto and Robin Lopez. I mean, I think they went out and got. Exactly. I think they upgraded. I feel like, you know, uh, Neto is an upgrade over Pangos. I think Robin Lopez is an upgrade over Ed Davis. You know? Yeah, I didn't. I think both guys. So my theory on both guys is they're break break glass in case of emergency players. 
I think you're going to see a lot of Karis LeVert at backup point guard. And I think part of the reason for that is the Cavs have a lot of wings and they've got to find time for them all. And I think it's much easier to stick Neto on the bench and just have him run the zoo crew at the end of games than it is to try and figure Interesting. out. Interesting. So you, you don't think he's getting like you think he's going to be in the Pangos role where he's not even getting minutes most nights. Well, if guys are healthy, if if Levert gets hurt or Garland gets hurt, he'll absolutely be in the rotation, at least until Rubio comes back. Sure. But I think they just have so many wings like let's go. Like who who, they who, got who are they trying to? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so that's they got Okoro. They've got yeah. Markinen who plays the three. Although here's the thing about Okoro is that I mean his most effective position we've seen in the NBA is at the two. Is it not? Right. That's what I'm saying. So you yeah. play um, if you can play Lavert and Okoro together, which is a big if given Okoro's shooting, uh, and True. that was kind of a disastrous pairing last year. Um, Ooh. I don't know. I mean, you can look that up, but I yeah, I yeah, no, that. no, you. That's a great that that's a great pairing. No, because well, defensively no, the, it is, but I think they had a really hard time generating points without. So, but oh, then God. you've got uh, Chetty, you've got uh, Okayak Baji. So they actually, you know, here. Okay, so you want the deal? Here's the deal. What? So they played 368 minutes together last season, and they were. Minus 2.44 net rating. Which isn't terrible, especially given the guys that were hurt. Exactly. And here's the other thing. Offensive rating, 122. Interesting. So the problem was on defense, 124. Well, but a lot of that was they had (laughs) no no backline defense. Absolutely. That that was mostly without Allen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Without Allen and Mobley. For a so, large stretch of that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah, I, maybe, I, you maybe know, it was I'm, my recollection. Yeah, well, here's the thing: is I think you might be onto something with this. You know, and here's the thing with your idea: is that it, it, the reason why I believe it is because it makes sense if your, your aim is to be successful in the playoffs. If you're going to be successful in the playoffs, you need Karis Levert being that uh, backup. You know, offensive engine. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You need well, him and to plus, be. Plus, now you're not starting a guy under 6'6, or you don't have exactly. a guy on the floor shorter than 6'6. Exactly. So you add Chetty Ooh. to that. You add, uh, you've got to find minutes for Agbaji. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right, right, right. I think Dylan Windler is going to end up being the odd man out on this team. Interesting. And, so between Chetty well, okay, so here, if they sign the Sexton, they got 17 guys under contract, right? Right. And so I think Stevens, because he's not guaranteed, probably gets cut. Um, and and boy, Cavs Twitter doesn't want to hear that. Um, <laughs> and then if uh, and then you've got Windler, who I don't think they're going to be able to find a place to move him to because they don't want to give up a first to do it. And no one has a roster spot, so I think they'll end up stretching him. Mm. Or or the idea I had where you trade for a guy with a non guaranteed second year and you stretch right. Right. Over five years, but it's I don't think they're going to be able to. So here's my question: or Chetty, you, you, you think Chetty both are gone? Upside. You think both are gone? So, but I think you, Stevens and Windler are gone. I don't. Oh, you think, think Stevens and gone? Okay, you don't think Chetty's gone? Okay, and then okay, mainly because two, he makes more money and it's harder to stretch him. Right. 
Right, right. And you had the most hope between you had the most hope for who between the three. Uh, as a as a being on the Cavs, as a being productive on the Cavs. Oh, like I, who, I think, who Chetty, you think Chetty has shown the ability to be productive mm-hmm. when he doesn't try and do too much. Like, right. and I think that's one nice thing about having Neto back but on the exactly. Team. That's why I was just going to say. You, that's why I think Neto's getting set him up. I think Neto's going to get tw- ten minutes a night. I think he's going to get 10, 15 minutes a night. <laughs> Maybe. I um, think. I think. I don't know. I mean, you saw if if only if only if only I think his role literally might be just to get to to basically cater to Chetty in love because well, Chetty and love yeah. are the two guys that miss Rubio the most badly. Yeah, badly. Yes, and Neto can do a facsimile. A poor, you know, uh, without the defense, he could do an offensive facsimile of Rubio, you know, which might be enough to hold you over in the regular season, you know, against backups. I don't know. I mean, with what a good playmaker you say Karras is, why can't he be the guy that sets up? No, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I mean, that's the thing is that he's shown in the playoffs he can be an offensive engine. So, I mean, and to your, you know, that's why I, uh, I'm buying what you're selling, you know? Yeah. You know, let's do it. Let's see it, you know? Why yeah, not? and I think the other thing, and the other reason I think Stevens is gone is how many power forwards does this team have? I mean, they've got Kevin Love. They've got Mobley. They've got Mark Anun who can play the three mm-hmm. or the play the four. And I think you'll see Mark in a lot at the four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. don't. I agree. I I don't know, you know, if they I there's nominally some minutes there at the four, but Stevens was awful last year and nobody wants to admit it. Like his net rating was one of the, was like the worst on the Cavs. Yeah, I um, mean, you know the tragedy of Stevens really mm-hmm. was that that the coaching staff didn't he I think he earned Playing time over Okoro, especially early Okoro, rookie year Okoro and yeah. second year Okoro, a little bit. I think he legitimately earned more minutes than he got, you know. And but he got stuck behind a developmental player in Okoro. And, well, I, th- uh, I think I, Steven's problem is that he is a good practice player who plays at his ceiling in practice and sure. doesn't have yeah. another gear. No, I mean, that's literally his role. His role on yeah. the team is to be a defensive pest in practice. Yeah. So, um, and, and, and I think to JB's discredit, he, he played him too much in the regular season and exposed him a little. So yeah, I don't know. I, no, I mean, I, mean I, I didn't have a problem with it because, you know, uh, especially after Wade got hurt. You know, no, uh, yeah, well, and yeah, there's another guy that can play the four or the three for the gap. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, he's the forgotten man, but I think he, you know, that's oh, the I guy think he's that got did... so much more upside than Steven. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think he rebounds better. I think he has the athleticism, you know, that is there. I think the shooting is a little bit better. So, you know, I just hope the knee is okay and it didn't ruin his explosiveness because I mean, like, that's a big part of uh, Dean Wade's game is. Yeah. You know, his athleticism. He's sneaky athletic, yeah. He is. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, well, and then the funny thing is we've gone all the way through this, 
We haven't even talked about what Kevin Colin Sexton looks like on the floor for the Cavs. So <sighs> we're going to cover that when we come back. There you go. I like the light. You like the light ones? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, was it Modelo Light? Oh, no, 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 no. Especial. Is it Especial, yeah. Okay, it's not the Negro Modelo. I no. love, I love you like Negro the Negro Modelo. Oh, Ooh, my God, it's so really? good. Yeah, really? it's probably my beer of choice when I go to a Mexican restaurant. Really? Interesting. In go to town. I like Mexican beer. Like, I know. It's kind of interesting. A lot more uh, microbrews are doing Mexican-style beers now. Oh, in that's fact, all the rage. No, that's the whole. That's the all the rage right now. Is lagers. Yeah, I had um, a wild beer over the weekend. So my wife and I's twenty second anniversary this last oh, weekend. Oh, Mazel! <laughs> um, I had a taco beer, which a taco was beer. It was a Mexican Cumin? style lager with uh, taco seasoning in it. Yeah, and it was very spicy. Um, probably one of the spicier beers I've ever had in terms of, you know, front of your tongue heat. Um, interesting. Yeah. And one of my favorite beers right now is a mango habanero, uh, IPA, um, or a mango habanero hazy. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the, the taco beer was interesting. Uh, ultimately I, I wasn't a huge fan, but, uh, Guardian Brewing Company in West West Michigan. If uh, if you're interested in trying the taco beer, nice, nice. Yeah. So anyway, welcome back to Cavs Podcast. I, <laughs> unbeknownst to you, Chris, I've been recording for the last minute and a half. So, oh, um, excellent, hell yeah, <laughs> that is a yes. We love improv, at yeah, GTV. or or just prov. <laughs> yeah, probably exactly. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I don't, me um, either, but it, it will work with it. It it, yeah. it it works. Yeah. So uh, we were just talking about what is Kevin or what does Colin Sexton look like on the floor for the Cavs if they do sign him? Um, how many minutes a night does he play, Chris? I mean, God, it's so crazy. I, I think he can't it, play more than thirty no minutes a night, huh? Yeah, I mean, like, you'd think, but... This team has a logjam. I mean, there's a lot of talented players on this team. Yeah, I mean... And where does he play? Does he play the one or the two? I I, I have to feel like he's playing the one, backup one. They want him I think back, they want to pay him. Spots. I think they I think they're going to run that hybrid, um, you know, dual point guard offense dual playmaker offense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hope he can give them some of that. Um, I, I think he plays, they play combo guards. Do you, here's the next question. I think it is hard to believe he doesn't come off the bench with the way they've approached these contract negotiations. Exactly. Exactly. No, I mean, that's, that's what I'm assuming is that that's why I think he's in the running to play the backup point guard. Um, Hell, I think he has, you know, to me, he's more likely a choice at backup point guard than, than Lavert is, in my opinion, because I think the tea leaves saying that Lavert starts at the two and is going to play the two. So, um, I, you know, to me, it seems like he's all lined up for like 15, 20 minutes a night as a backup point guard, and let's see what he can do with it. Like, okay. You I, know. I think he doesn't get less than 25 a night. I mean, I think. No, it's I agree. A good amount of minutes. I, I agree. I mean, I think you're going to see a lot of Levert and him on the floor together, which scares me a little. I but. know, man, man. That's you know, yeah, because 
Both of those guys who like to have the ball in their hands and dribble the snot out of it. Yeah. At times. And and both have a penchant for being undisciplined on offense. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the whole thing. And, and what bugs me about Colin, what has always bugged me about Colin is just, he refuses to change his game really, you know, he always reverts back to what he wants to do, which is have the ball in his hand. And like you said, dribble the snot out of it and take a shot. You know, that's literally what he wants to do. Um, you know, I credit to him for doing some of the off ball stuff, but it drives me nuts how many times he won't run the court because he wants to be the point guard. He wants to yeah, go back to the be, back. He should be running the court every time. Like, he should just be sprinting out there because he's right. He's one of the fastest guys in the NBA, right? Get that outlet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Run down there and uh, run to the corner. Cherry pick. Yeah. Cherry yeah. pick all day. Yeah. No, I exactly. agree. I, I agree. It's just, you know, that's the thing is, is that Sexlin has been such an abject disaster. <laughs> it has never, ever played any winning basketball. You know, for uh, any stretch of time, none. Exactly. They've never been successful together. And so now we're like, you know, if you're talking 30 minutes a game for Sexton, that means we're right back to Sexlin again. And that's (laughs) that's scary. That's actually scary. So you don't think Garland and Sexton should ever share the floor? No, absolutely not. Not until not until. Here's when you know that they can actually coexist on the floor is when you see Sexton finally get past a 20% assist rate. Okay. You know? So that's that's the key. I think that's what this whole season's about, at least for Sexton, is that can he prove to be a competent playmaker? That's where he's going to make his money. That's what he's, you know, when he goes onto the open market and he's one of markets himself to all the teams he's got to have that passing component to his game or no one's going to pay him, you know, like no one's paying him now. They have a chance to pay him. You know, every, all I hear is 24 point score being hung out to dry. Well, that's because people who watch him know that that's all he can do. And well, he doesn't and, really and even do it at that great of efficiency either. And I did a, I had a tweet the other day where I compared him to four guys that kind of had that at his age, had that 24 point a game scoring and almost all his numbers across the board were at league average, Um, except for field goals added. And he actually subtracted uh, field goals added for his team. And you know what that says He's standing there with the ball in his hands too much. He's eating up the shot clock. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you go back and look at the tracking stats. He's always played like a point guard. He's yeah, always but not played like a point one guard. One that moves the ball and then relocates. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, and, and that's yeah, the well, reason. And his, and his defensive chops, like, I don't know if you saw the highlight today of him locking down some muscle bound dude in a pro am. And I'm like, what does it show us if if Colin Sexton can hound a guy that literally backs you down at the point guard spot like Mike Mark Jackson in 1992? 
Um, what is what is that showing us? What we need to see from Colin is is he a guy who actually understands how to play defense off the ball um, and actually you know can navigate an off ball screen uh, defensively or you know make a correct defensive rotation um, because we have seen you know no ability for him to do that in his first three seasons like. I always call Karis it. Levert. Here, here's a stat for you. Karis Levert's stock rate is double, basically double Colin Sexton's. So, and, and we know, and no one is calling Karis Levert uh, a lockdown defender. You know, yeah. no disrespect. Well, I, I think there's more to defense than stocks, but it's a big component of it. But we haven't seen Colin Sexton even with not even taking stocks out of the equation like his his all the uh, regression stats around his defense every single season have been bad, you know. So if he has figured out how to turn that around, maybe it's a good thing. But we've seen no evidence of that so far. So, yeah. Well, I think the silver lining to moving him to a backup point guard position is finally he can guard his size. You know, well, what if he's true. what if he's guarding his size? But, you know, maybe he becomes an average defender. You know, yeah. maybe the problem's probably been he's had to guard up uh, well, ever since Garland was drafted. Why do you hear in garden starters? In the Absolutely. NBA. Exactly. Maybe he starts making some plays. So, you yeah. know, that's the whole thing for me is like. You know, I'm riding in the lane, you know, you know, you got the haters on one side and the fanboys on the or fan people on the right or whatever. <laughs> but to me is what if he's just the best six man? What if he's six man of the year material? What if he's like Jordan Poole or Tyler Hero? Like, you know, finding his role that actually impacts winning, you know, like what if yeah. that happens for Sexton and wouldn't that be a beautiful thing, huh? Uh, it would be a beautiful thing if it happens. <laughs> I would be surprised, but <laughs> and I like exactly. the guy. I here's mm-hmm. the thing that drives me nuts. I love Colin Sexton the person much more mm-hmm. than I love Colin Sexton the player. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and he he's kind of gotten a raw deal in that they made him the face of the franchise for three seasons, and then he didn't sign a big extension last year, and now. He's kind of caught holding the bag, and I think did it would he, be a mistake did he fire, for him. Did he fire his agents? Yes, before or after those deals were offered. Uh, he fired his agent uh, like after this season, the right? Break last season. Okay, so yeah, it was yeah. recent. Wow. Yeah, so it was clutch. Yeah, it's clutch now. It was CAA. CAA. So. Oh, so of course that's why the Knicks rumors were around last off season. Right. Well, and it's interesting because I actually think he I if I were the Knicks, I would much rather have him than uh Donovan Mitchell because the price would be a lot less. You know who agrees with you apparently? Who? Danny Ainge. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought we did did you not know about like I guess there's interest from the Utah Jazz organization for Colin Sexton. For like, Tank Commander Sexton? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. Well, someone made the point about Ainge in terms of when they were talking about the trade demands and stuff like that is that they're hunting around for like 
they're basically hunting around, in my opinion, for like a Lori Marketing type deal out there where there's like a young guy that's uh. probably underachieved a little bit, but has talent, you know, and has pedigree. So like, I think Sexton does fit the bill of that kind of player. So it's a it's a, a player they think that they could take a shot with. Basically, they can take I, a I shot with. I actually don't hate that for them. No, you're right. Exactly. I you know when I when someone said you know, that because it's like, all yeah. up, upside. Yeah. Exactly. 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 So okay, say that you could get sex into the Jazz in a three way deal with uh, Mitchell going to New York. Who would you want for Sexton from the Jazz? Or the Knicks. I, I, I yeah, like Jordan Clarkson. Think? I'm not yeah. sure he solves a problem. I'm not sure he. I'm not he sure solves, I want him back on the Cavs. I don't know. I mean, he he really did grow up on the Cavs. To be honest oh, with for you, sure. he really like. It's funny that it, that's really when he played for the Cavs is really when he started to get on the. To me, the the real, you know, he made himself a career. From his play with the Cavs. So, uh, you know, I, that's a great question, you know, because if the Knicks are possibly involved, like, you know, that that opens the options up quite a bit, I think. Um, God, I mean, I mean, the obvious ones are obviously Conley or Bogdanovich or Clarkson. You know, they're trying to do a, a dump, you know, a salary dump or whatever. Um, but on the Knicks, you know, I, I mean, Conley to, is a little scary to me. Oh, I agree. Yeah, no, I mean, it, he's, it feels like his best years are behind him. And yeah, it's like when do the wheels completely fall off? Yeah, that almost feels like a sucker's bet, huh? Yeah, yeah, but no, I agree. Yeah, um, you know, for the Knicks, you've got. Although I don't understand why the Knicks would want Mitchell. Because Jalen Brunson and Mitchell, then you've got two small point guards or two small guards again. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Um, but the guy I actually really like uh, would not mind taking a flyer on at all is Emmanuel Quickly. Mm. I like Emmanuel Quickly a lot. Ooh, I'll give you a name. Who? Evan Fournier. Ugh, no. 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 The problem with Evan Fournier is he's too old and his contract is too high. Yeah, I mean, he is. is he is a 10 year vet. Damn, is he that old? He is that old. I, I just. Age 29. Stunk last yeah. year. I mean, I to be know. fair, it wasn't. I don't think it was his fault. The, you know, no, I mean, I do like quickly. You know, I, I do like the quickly idea. I just like the idea of Evan Fournier shooting and him having the freedom to get the ball. Like Darius Garland won't refuse to pass to him like Julius Randle. Interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's not the worst. That's not the worst idea. The problem with him is I think Fournier's contract is like it's yeah, it's seventeen three million more years. Yeah. Oh, is are you serious? I think no he's way. under contract for three more years. I think he signed a four year deal before Ooh. last season. Ooh. Yeah, and I think that's. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up real quick. There we go. And that's really hard to overcome. So instead of yeah, four years, seventy three million. Yep, so, you're right. Yeah. The last year was the first year of it, and he's yeah, got thirty six million. Yeah, that's a lot of salary. Yeah. 
36 billion. As they billion say, it's not the years. It's not the number. It's the years. Yeah. And with that, yeah, that's fair. we will be right back. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Welcome back to Cavs the Podcast. We're talking about the name on every Cavs fan's lips, Evan Fournier. <laughs> Don't Google that. Uh, the least Googleable name in the NBA, Evan Fournier. But um, he, uh, I don't know, we, we came up with, uh, he has two more guaranteed years at $18 million. And I don't know, with the Cavs having that cap room next year, uh, does he make sense? I, I well, honestly, no, you, you know, you just said it right there. The cap space yeah. is paramount, right? Is it? I don't, I don't know if it is. To me, ooh. I mean, how do? What do you do with that cap space if you're the Cavs? Like, do you do trade you, a guy into it because you're not signing free agents? Yeah, I mean, that's the conventional wisdom, I guess. Here's the thing: is that are there guys like you know? So you don't buy the you don't buy the Andrew Wiggins type at all. You don't think that in a what you, they could acquire a guy who just wants a big contract and will be willing to play for. I mean, honestly, we're a winning team. You know, it's a winning situation, at least get paid in a winning situation. I I don't love Wiggins. Um, I think he's kind of a poop. So <laughs> I just I just hate the guy's demeanor. I think he's kind of an idiot. Um, I think he's in the perfect Damn. situation in Golden State. Um, I actually was, you know, a big Wiggins fan when he was drafted, but. I just he you turned on him. Whoa. I, I did. I, Come I, on. Wow. I don't like him that much. So I don't know. I don't know who you could get next summer. Um, maybe you trade a guy if a team's looking to get out of a contract. But I, I think it's hard for the Cavs. I think the Cavs should not let the possibility of cap space next summer keep them from doing a move that makes them better in the long term. Now, do I think that move is Evan Fournier? No. I think cap space next summer is more important than a guy like Evan Fournier. But a guy like Emmanuel Quickly and maybe a nice young player from the Jazz, um, I'm, I'm intrigued. Or Bogdanovich from the Jazz because he's only got one year left on his deal. Um, those, those names intrigue me. You know, if you could do... If you could move out uh, Sexton, Osman, and maybe a uh, or Windler, and maybe a Stevens for those guys, I think that for one or two of those guys, that makes a lot of sense. Like if I get quickly in Bogdanovich for for Colin Sexton, I would do that in a heartbeat. Would wow. you? I no, I wouldn't. I, I'd want really? the lottery ticket. I want the yeah. Yeah, I mean, just the thing, the thing that I, think I go quickly with, is a lottery ticket. I think he could be a very good player. The problem with quickly is that he really can't get to the basket and shoot very well. He can't finish. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah, he, it's a, a sub forty percent field goal shooter. I didn't yeah, realize that. Yeah, and no, say I mean, what you want about Colin Sexton, he is not that. I mean, he has yeah, a exactly. shot blocked. The yep. second most in the NBA after um, <laughs> Zion Williamson. But despite that, he still puts up a decent field goal percentage for a guard. So. Yeah. Yeah. And and he has that ability to get to the line, too. And he does attack. Well, it's because he attacks the basket. The yep. same reason he gets his shot blocked. It's the yep. same reason he gets to the line. Yeah. So. so 
and and with that with that it being a priority in playoff basketball, I'd want Colin Sexton off the bench more than I want Emmanuel quickly. Okay, That's fair. Yeah, fair. I didn't realize he was that bad of a finisher. Yeah, he's pretty bad. He's pretty bad. Yeah. I think the the intrigue the um, the two intrigues about quickly has been his shooting and his passing ability. Yeah, and he's been a pretty decent defender. Yeah, I imagine so. Yeah, he's super long and quick. So, yeah, yeah and he's a and he's a smart player. No, I like him. Uh, and he's kind of gotten a raw deal. It's funny he's kind of gotten a raw deal in well, New York because. Thibodeaued. Yeah, no, you're right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then yep. you've got uh, a nobody wants Cam Reddish. Right. Uh, Obi Toppin. Eh. Yeah. Actually, mm. I wouldn't hate Obi Toppin on the Cavs. No, but I, no, but yeah. I I don't know. He's another three four. You know, like yeah. it's is he a real wing? I don't I don't think so. No, I don't think I think he's a four. Um, Masquerading as a three. I, I don't know what he is. I I think he's, no. You're right. He's a four. He's a four. Yeah. He's small a ball third, five. He's a third forward for yeah. for a team. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean I don't. But if you get a first for him, I don't know. It, to me, I just I feel like Colin Sexton's going to end up being the odd man out in Cleveland. But you, you think so? So play the lottery ticket. So you think? Okay. So. What do you think? So you think he plays on the quali- You think he plays on the qualifying option, or you think he gets traded? Uh one or the other. I. I oh, you think it's going to be one or the other? Yeah. You don't like, think he's going to sign for three forty, three forty, or three fifty, or whatever it is? Um, I don't think so. No. Uh, the, the only thing that could change that is if the Cavs, knock on wood, had a preseason injury, um, and they suddenly needed him. But yeah. mm, I, I, I have a hard point. time thinking that's going to happen. Right. But maybe another team he might end up on is the Nets. You know, maybe right. they they shuffle that whole team around and uh, somehow the Cavs uh, move them over there and get draft picks or players for them. So yeah, yeah. I, but I think he ends up being the odd man out, and I think it's very hard to commit to him long term and really think he's part of the long-term core and rotation if he's only playing on the qualifying offer if you're Cleveland oh yeah oh man yeah I mean that's the thing though I don't know maybe you know maybe I'm just naive would still have his bird rights right exactly and they have that 30 million you know what I mean what if what if he goes crazy what if he becomes what uh Jalen Brunson did yeah exactly there you go yeah, I mean, Great point. It, it it's a weird thing because if he plays on the qualifying offer, he can't. He has a trade veto, right? Um, right. Because he would lose his bird rights if he's traded. Uh, because you can't keep your bird rights on a one year contract if you're traded. Mm. So he actually would get a trade veto, which is weird. Um, and then they would be in the situation where they'd have his bird rights next summer, but he'd be an unrestricted free agent. So, right. Which means probably a sign in trade given the state of the salary cap in the NBA, but it, it's a weird situation. I mean, I, you feel bad for the guy cause he really doesn't have a lot of leverage. His only right. leverage is to play really well. Yeah. Which is perfect for the Cavs. <laughs> 
That you know, I'm just Contract saying. Contract your sexton. <laughs> you know, let's go. Let's go, But if I'm, if I'm him or his agent, well, I don't think Clutch cares. If I'm him, I want some long-term money. I would not – if they did a three-year, $40 million whatever deal that they're talking about and then mm-hmm. um, the third year was an opt-out, I, I would have a hard time passing that up. That's I agree. Real serious it just seems, yeah, it's just and it's crazy. only really one extra year than the qualifying offer. Exactly, exactly, and you've quadrupled your salary in the process. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I no, I totally agree. You know, it's obviously, but I mean, that's the thing is that you know, how does he see himself? And it's obvious that he sees himself a certain way. You know, that qualifying well, offer, then, all the, you know. And then say he signs that and then does blow up, is he going to be totally bitter the next season? Because right. he's not making a ton of money. Now, and the other problem is, is it's hard. You can't really extend him for a huge rain, raise after that either. No, I mean, they can offer him like upwards of $30 million. No, but if he was under contract for like $13 million, and he had a really good season this year, and then oh, he's under oh, gotcha, next year. got oh, right, the right, raise no. with an extension is not big. No, you're right. Okay, I see yeah. what you're saying. They, I see you were talking about if he signed that that short term deal. Yeah, yeah gotcha, exactly. gotcha, gotcha. Exactly. Okay, gotcha. So I don't know. Um, what what other crazy uh, off season stories have we heard? I, we've seen Kevin Love traveling the world with his uh, new wife, Kay Bach. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's yeah, awesome. And Chetty, apparently Chetty and, uh, well, we talked about Lori, but Chetty's been blowing it up in Turkey, uh, you know. Yeah, uh, he's been averaging in the high teens. Um, yeah. Turkey spreads it around a lot. That's true. That's true. But uh, he's been playing well. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it looks like, I mean, he's playing the scoring role. It's funny because he's playing the scoring role for that team. So, yeah. I guess he's getting buckets. So, yeah. it's awesome. Love it. I, I have a question for you. Yeah, shoot. Would you have any interest in Julius Randle? <laughs> I mean, I love a good deal, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't think he starts a, for this team, and no, he doesn't. No, that, that's what I was just going to say. Is that would be that would be an embarrassment of Rich's six man for the Cavs, right? Or maybe you go. Um, Maybe you go Tower City and you put Mobley at the three. Oh, well, I think uh, that sounds like it's already in the works. Oh, really? Ch- uh, Mobley playing some three? Yeah, yeah. Where'd you yeah, hear that? It, I, uh, it was uh, based, it, well, it was based on, uh, no, no, it was based on the uh, video clips of him playing oh. with Durant. Well, so you you saw that none of those shots he shot were outside of the NBA three range, right? Right. That, <laughs> I think that's, that's the hard problem. to do if the guy's not shooting NBA. And of course they're editing out all the bricks. Yeah. So and we oh, yeah. you know we saw some bricks that could have killed some birds last year. So, <laughs> from Mobley, I mean, he had some danger low flying plane shots. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think he just needs confidence, you know. Oh, I, I'm a oh, believer absolutely. still in the shot. Like, uh, I think that he needs the green light. I think he needs the ball in his hands a little bit more, you know. So, uh, it's going to be interesting. I think it's really interesting, go, you know, 
talking about uh, to throw it back all the way to the draft, you know, I think that's what's come into focus a little bit is the Agbaji pick really kind of sets the expectations. I think that Mobley's going to benefit a lot from having a guy playing with a guy like Agbaji next to him. Well, and it's interesting because we've talked about all these guys and we haven't talked about Agbaji at all. Right. You're right. Like how many minutes a night does Agbaji get? I don't know. I mean, like he should get like 15, right? I I think about 15 is probably, yeah. I think they bring him along a lot more slowly, which is super weird because you've got a guy like uh, Sexton and Garland that came out super young and they gave him a ton of minutes. Right. Then you got a guy that comes out as a senior and he might only get 15 minutes a night for this team. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that odd? Yeah. I, well, like and he, you, well, it, it, that's a great point because what's even more peculiar is if you go back and look at what he said about joining the Cavs, apparently he was told that they let young guys play. So he believes he has a chance to possibly start for this team. He thinks he he can get a fair shaking and compete for a starting job. I would be very surprised. Me too, <laughs> of course. But yeah, who knows? I honestly, I still think it was kind of a panic pick. I, I yeah. don't. It still doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, it makes sense. It it makes sense to me only because of if if everything was catered towards creating space for Mobley and basically Towers. for the Twin Towers to operate. Yeah. That's what that's the goal. You know, th- yeah. that's what they need is that they need to give more space to Mobley and Allen to get their shots off because they're too good offensively to not run some offense through. Yeah, that I mean if that's the case then they're definitely going to be some JB's got his work cut out for him because it feels like they've got, you know, 13, 12, 13 quality guys. Yeah. So what um, a great problem I, to have. Yeah. I love I, it. I, I still think you're going to look back on that. The farther away I get from it, the more I think they're going to look back on that Agbaji pick and who do you think? Who do you, and who consider do you, it a missed opportunity. Mm, yeah. I mean, it's tough. I think, you know, I, I, I kind of agree with the panic part because it was Jalen Williams that got taken really at 12. Wanted, yeah. Yeah. They wanted they wanted Jalen Williams and they didn't play it great. You know I, mean, I mean, Oklahoma paid. Uh, yeah. They got but, scooped. Uh, no, they did. But Oklahoma paid a, a hefty price. Yeah, but they had a boatload of picks. And that's what you're you right. do when no, you have a boatload of picks. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely yeah, right. And yeah. and I think um Tari Eason is That's the wall. Okay. Damn, you yeah. you just drove a stake through my heart, my man. Oh I think my that's god. the guy they're gonna end up regretting not. Oh taking. my god. Oh my god. Because he looked good in summer league. He looked like a guy that could do everything and didn't need plays run for him and kind exactly. of absolutely oh what the oh. Cavs are missing. Yeah. Oh, Oh my God! You're breaking my heart again. I, I, I <laughs> just forgot about him. I literally rebounds. just forgot about him, and you just had to. You, 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 yeah. 
Oh man! Well, oh, man. If, if it's any consolation, Keon Ellis has looked really good. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. Oh yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Oh man! Well, no. What's crazy? What's crazy about the Keon Ellis thing is like the the rap on him was that he was much like a Baji, you know, where you weren't getting much more than shooting from him. Yeah, but, but you looked at the stocks numbers, and that was garbage. Exactly. Exactly. No, you're right, and and not just that. Uh, I believe that Keon Ellis showed some actual playmaking ability that Agbaji did not show in Summer League. No, Agbaji looked pretty one-dimensional in Summer League. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 No, you, exactly. It's It was such – he's such a limited player. You know, granted, he's great hey, at Hey, if he can be really good at what he does, that's hell, great. Yeah, no, you're right. No, I mean, yeah. then we got Danny Green, you know? Yeah. Well, and then the other guy that I was like, ugh, uh, was Nikola Jovic, who I think could be very he, yeah, he kind of, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he, you're an absolute steal for Miami. God, I hate Miami. So, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, there you go. Some little, <laughs> yeah, little, I mean, little draft slot there. It, it was an intriguing rookie class, and a lot of these guys may be lousy, but uh, a lot of them. I'm I'm excited to see what they they turn into and I, but I do think they'll end up looking at Agbaji as a missed opportunity. But Call hopefully I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he shoots the lights out for the Cavs. I mean, if he's getting a Coro space, I think he's he's he could be in line for a very good year. I mean, I could see him easily doing something like forty percent shooting. Who Agbaji? Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's. Yeah, if he's getting that kind of space, maybe. I think he's gonna. I mean, you have to sag because of Tower City. Yeah. You have to. Yeah, and if you got Garland at the one, you can't sag off him. Exactly. Yeah. So. Well, we will find out. That's uh, right. Yeah. I I feel like we've beat this dead horse into the ground. Um, Maybe in the coming weeks we'll have some... uh, some uh, conference previews and and uh, there's some yes there's some uh, there's some brainstorming happening shall we say yeah yeah and uh, you got anything to pitch any stories to tell <sighs> uh, I will pitch uh, you know I told you but I'll tell the uh, you know I'll tell the uh, listeners out there the commentariat uh, Modelo. Especial. <laughs> yeah, <there laughs> That's what's go. on tap tonight. So, uh, no, uh, uh, I no. the one thing I wanted to check out, but I haven't had time to check out, was uh, Sandman. Oh, it's so good. Is it? Yeah, I oh. I, I really enjoyed... Uh, I finished it earlier this week. Um, I also saw Prey, which everybody's talking about. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've seen Prey or heard of it. No, no, I, I've heard the, I've heard the, uh, yeah, Prey was fantastic. Really just a well done movie and kind of dumb. It wasn't released in theaters, but it, we live in dumb times. Mm-hmm. Um, so Prey was really good, really worth watching. Um, it's just a great like hour and 40 minutes, super tightly paced. Uh, really good characters, not a lot of waste space, great action sequences. And then Sandman is just gorgeous. It's gorgeously shot. Uh, the the special effects are amazing. 
Uh, I think the the writing, obviously based on Neil Gaiman, is mm-hmm. really strong. I don't nice. want to give too much away about the end, so I'll right kind of save my uh, my long term analysis until you get to watch it. But I okay. really enjoyed it. So. Okay, well, I love it. I'm, I, oh, that's and if you deck. haven't seen The Bear on FX, uh, which is I've about a short order cook in uh, ah. Chicago, that show is freaking phenomenal. Nice. It's, it's so intense. Like, one of the most intense shows I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Oh, so. well, here's uh, the pitch I'll give you. Okay, so one pitch would be a uh, shout-out to my friend uh, Brent Coolatalo. Um, he works in the music industry. Uh, he's, he's worked with everybody, um, in the music industry and, uh, he has an act called Des Rocks. Okay. So he's a, he's a kid from Brooklyn. Uh, rock and roll is not dead. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's guys like Des Rocks keeping it alive. There's kids out there that listen to and, and make rock and roll music. So. Oh, absolutely. You know, check check it out. You know, uh, yeah, Desrox is D E S R O C S. So nice. I'm yes. I'm hoping that I. So I'm going to Vegas next month, and Ooh. I'm I'm hoping I get to see Gorillas. Ooh, so I'm excited about nice, that. Nice, so. nice, Vegas, nice. Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. So I'll I'll tell you. I've got stories about it coming up, but. Oh, be beautiful! Oh, yes. Time. What's the What's the movie? Oh, you just reminded me. The what? Hangover. Ah, oh, no, no, with Vince Vaughn and uh, his de- ah. Honeymoon oh, in Vegas. No, no, no. It's it's like him and his oh, boy. Swingers. Swingers. Is it Swingers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. With him and uh, Jean Favreau. Yes, yes. Okay, the, you nailed it. That's behind a... uh, Iron Man and uh, the Mandalorian. So. There you go. There you go. That's, <laughs> yes, sir. Living vicariously. That's awesome. Yeah. No, and if you haven't checked out his show, he did the movie Chef, but he has a show on Netflix called Chef where he goes around and just cooks with uh celebrity chefs and hangs out with other um celebrities it's pretty cool it's pretty cool oh show. nice nice it's definitely not vegan and not gluten-free so. oh well i can live with that yeah <laughs> and as always go calves go calves so chris welcome back to calves podcast i feel like we didn't even talk about the calf schedule came out today and we didn't even <laughs> talk about it. how did we avoid that <laughs> I mean, we were catching we're morons, up. That's yeah, how. well, yeah, there you go. There you go. Of course. <laughs> so the opener for the Cavs is coming up. And, of course, I don't have it handy. Um, so you get hot Googling action. When's the Cavs opener? Well, it regular looks like opener. regular season opener. Is it uh, against the Raptors? October 19th at 7.30 p.m.? <sighs> yeah. Yeah, that should be a good one. I'm excited about that. I hope Evan That's Mowgli, a big-time game. Well, and I hope Evan Mowgli takes that rookie of the year personally and destroys them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, oh, that man. Highway what robbery last year. Man. Man. Yeah, that's, you know, home. I'm you're, – you're too Mowgli. Oh, my goodness. I'm excited. Oh, my goodness. I'm excited. Yeah, year yeah. Year two Mowgli, year two of the Darius Garland – uh, yeah. All star experience and yeah, I'm 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 psyched. Yeah. So okay, 
19th Cavs next game uh next time we pod we'll talk schedule and That's as right. always go Cavs one more go time go Cavs Bye. go Cavs thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger there's a fire Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.